Thank you, T-Mobile, for filling in for Verizon as Babylon continues to crumble both online and in person. It is a strange time to be alive. Today's show is titled, what is the title again? Checking notes. Uh, The Texture of COVID. Uh, I want to, it's Monday. We haven't talked about COVID for four days. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? Uh, it's time to catch up a little bit on headlines, and that includes some COVID headlines. But I, I, today we're going to take a slightly different perspective. And it's like I just, uh, like it's Monday. We got to talk about COVID again. But I, I do feel a responsibility to, to do this to a certain degree. I mean, Joey is like uh, the first one to tell me, "Nah, I get to stop talking about COVID. Stop talking about." It. And so we do, the, you know, we do good news. At the end of every show, we do good news every Friday. But it would be journalistically irresponsible to not pay attention to this dark cloud hanging over our heads that is affecting every aspect of our lives. I also can't argue that. And so, so today, texture of COVID, some of the headlines today, at least a, a chunk of them said, you know, uh, sort of midterm tease out the the narrative see where we're at in the the this this thing playing out all right we got people commenting on twitch george r harvey thank you so much for joining us on twitch one of our backup platforms is uh is is odyssey working for us today Verizon. Odyssey. we have great video quality on odyssey yes we're on twitch youtube periscope all the things. All the things. Your favorite podcast network. When we're done. Wow. All right. Because it's funny because we can't even we can't even get internet. Like we have, we have it's. I want so some of the stories we're going to cover today are looking at the eviction issue, looking at the employment unemployment issue. Apparently, there are too many jobs. Too many jobs. What do you do? COVID feels bumpy. You know that is the texture of COVID. You don't you don't need an episode. Whoop de doo says it's bumpy. Texture of COVID, yes. The texture. <laughs> it's bumpy. What do the spike proteins feel like? Oh, you bumpy like and sticky. At bumpy and sticky at the same time. Healthy disrespect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we've got some stories that tie all these things together. So we're going to take our COVID vitamins. We have some, we have cannabis is going backwards. From the United States into Mexico. (laughs) Uh, We've also got Gia Christopher, Placer County Libertarian Party chairwoman uh, joining us. We have a cool event coming up. Placer County. We'll we'll get into this with her. But it's such a it's such a weird. It's almost like a gerrymandered county. It's got the northeast metro. A section of Metro, Greater Metro Sacramento. Yeah. Without having any of the city limits, I think, within it. But it's definitely that. I'll like the, we'll pull up the map. It's weird. Jim, get that ready. Get, get map of Placer County. It's spelled like Placer. Uh, Placer County, California. And it goes then all the way to Lake Tahoe and has a quarter a of the coast a little bit. of Lake Tahoe. And I get Tahoe's like half Nevada, half California, right? But you would think, hey, California, if you're, when you're going to draw out your counties, get the whole coast of your half, at least, of the coast of Tahoe into one county. No, It's it's really weird. We're going to talk to her about that little geography geek out today. 
but also the upcoming event on 9-11 in Sacramento. And if you can't be there, if you can't be in Sacramento on 9-11, be in D.C. If you can't be in either of those, uh, be watching one of those streams online. I I wonder about this. And today we're also going to cover a very underreported story about riots in South Africa. We have a pretty good international news block today. And, and I'd like to connect it all to COVID because it, there's a certain isolation effect of COVID as well, right? I mean, I, we obviously know we'll stay home, be disconnected. Like there's this, this sort of little literal obvious sense. But even in the media, the world seems disconnected. Looking at the news this morning, prepping for the show, I was like, I and actually I saw, where did I see the the on the internet. It was in some Telegram channel. Long live Telegram. Yeah, Telegram. Uh, get on our Telegram channel, t.me slash Adam versus the man. We're going to be putting more effort into sharing there. I'd almost rather like treat that like my personal Twitter rather than be on Twitter. Like, really. And, and you know what? I, there's some thought about bringing back or a, another attempt. Maybe, there's, maybe this is the time for a libertarian media network. Like a real, you know, not there's a few. Not yeah, I've got no, not life. like I've got and, and and with all due respect to those out there, not like a business, like oh we're gonna work together and work together with sponsors, and like that can be part of it. But really a collaborative mutual support network in the spirit of the old video game program called Together to the Top that a theme ran to back it was it was back in the day it was a day of it was a way of um independent video game really weird to, not weird but like just to me just geeky low vibration watch me play video game shit right like twitch but oh really that, that's uh, what twitch is. but they were they were they were like being shut out of the youtube algorithm but back then you could youtube is was really Change some some weird shit. Used to have featured videos on your channel, and it was a really cool way of having a check this out to section on your YouTube channel. Do you remember this, Joey? Are you taking yeah. calls today, Gary? Shuts. Uh, we could take calls today. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how many headlines. If Adam shuts up and, and and finishes this intro seven minutes in now, I know what YouTube used to have featured videos on your channel. Where you could feature, it was like liked video, videos that you liked as you, when you were signed into your account would show up like across the top or on the oh, sidebar. Other people's videos. Other people's videos. Okay. And so Together to the Top was a way of using that deliberately to create a collaborative network of producers, support of creators supporting each other. Um, I think we could do that with Telegram. I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas. Uh, I don't know if it's time. But we are, you know, really at a unique point in human history. I know I, I probably say that too much. Uh, but hopefully with today's look at COVID and the international news block and talking to our guests, maybe, maybe taking some calls, we'll get some better perspective on that. But first, let's get Jim and Joey on screen to take our COVID vitamins. Ooh, my favorite part. What's going on?
D-O double. Oh, we can't spell it. We'll get hit with the copyright. Uh oh. <laughs> no, no, we have to spell it out. We can't say D O double blank. We can say D O G G. Snoop to the D O D G because that's not how he says. Yeah, because if you say double G, that's when it's the trademark. But if you just say G, but if you say double G in the phrase, then you're in trouble. All right. Anyway. Okay, producer notes. Oh, I just cut off the man with the plan, so I'm sorry about that. But first thing I want to tell you about, if you're going to be in Sacramento anytime near the September 11th day, this is a little advertisement for you so you can see more information. Uh, event begins at 10 a.m. They're all going to be there. Adam Kokesh, Jeff Hewitt, Angela McBride. It's going to be a great time. So if you're anywhere near Sacramento, you should definitely get involved with that. So next we move on t.me forward slash Adam versus the man has all the links for all the stuff we're going to talk about today. So if you want to follow along, that's where you can do that. Patreon.com is where you can financially support the show. And I don't have the promos ready. There they are. Uh, one, five, 10, or even $50 a month are the different ways to support the show. $10 a month to get you access to a private producers club, which is where we share links with each other. Uh, sometimes we even share links that don't make it on the show. So if you want to be involved, that's where you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man. If you want to see pictures and video of life up there in beautiful Gardenia, you can do so on Instagram. The tag is at the Garden of Freedom. Type that into your search bar. This will pop up. Click follow and you'll have uh, visual stimulation for years to come of life up there in beautiful Gardenia. Always a good time. Definitely get yourself connected to Instagram. Next, we go to homefrontbattlebuddies.com, where, as you know, all of your donations to this website are theft deductible. That means the theft that you're forced to pay at the end of the year, you can deduce some of it from what you give, what you contribute to homefrontbattlebuddies.com. So definitely visit that website, read all the web, read all the pages, do all the stuff and uh, send all of your theft deductible monies to homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Next, the crypto6.com, the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. This has QR codes that you can scan. You can do that actually right now while you're looking at the screen if you have another phone to do it with. And you can donate cryptocurrencies to them, or you can use this top button right here to write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage. And lastly, we go to gogreenenergyonline.com, the best website we send people to that are wanting to learn more about solar panels, micro wind power. If you want to get yourself off grid, no matter where you live, you can educate yourself to do it yourself at gogreenenergyonline.com. That's all I got. I hope you enjoy the show. Have a great day, everybody. All right, Joey. Phoenix 9-11 yes. Valley too. Yes, thank you, Alex, for jumping in on this today and for making this happen, Phoenix. So if you cannot be all the way in Sacramento or all the way in D.C., Phoenix is also a wonderful place. Or New York. I would it. imagine there's something going on Yeah, there. but if you can be in New York, get your ass to D.C. Yeah, like go to D.C. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's because, like, I, I don't know. Is there a re thing? Well, New York. Uh, David Smith, uh, comic David Smith, the podcaster, said something pretty, pretty powerful recently. Being a New Yorker himself, that New York just turned a corner, uh, where the mayor said they're doing uh, vaccine passports. Like that's that's a thing now. Um, and the way David Smith described it was that it's now. Uh, two-tiered society, right? That you have second-class citizens, 
And if if it, and the way that the mayor actually said it was, you no longer have the key to the city, as in like you're not, you don't wow. have rights to access the city. Like, forget and, the and, fact we're taking your tax dollars. You don't have access to any of this now. Well, I don't. I mean, I, in a sense, I don't have a problem with New York City just acting like a private city, like and saying, yeah, we're private, fuck you. But then do it. Like, you know, don't don't pretend uh, that people own property in New York. I mean, I'll, I'll like uh, one of the stories we're going to get to today is about property rights, too, and the eviction crisis. And like, well, you, you were forcing you to let people live in your property without compensation now. Right. I mean, that's <sighs> one way of describing an eviction moratorium. Doesn't matter if this person's paying rent or not. Your consent as the property owner is no longer relevant. And the the article I have today is making the case that property rights are in the crosshairs now because of COVID. And I'm like, where the fuck have you been? Like property rights have been in the crosshairs since <laughs> the coup of 1789, right? I mean, in in some ways it's getting better, but like, did you? If, if you didn't, if you house, didn't, they can take the whole thing. If right? you didn't object to the drug war itself as a violation of property rights by your self ownership being violated, it, mm, but there is a unique. This is this is a, so so it's the further erosion of property rights. Yes, that's more accurate. But this is actually like a big chunk falling away it, with, the, with the eviction moratorium, and it's it's we're gonna get into that. All right, Joey, do you have a, a comment contest or do you want to, are we, are we doing that? I don't know. Let's, let's not do that. But we do want to keep the comments coming. We're going to keep the comments all right, coming. Let's and jump. all Twitch comments get Twitch. featured today. Um, we are watching Odyssey, Odyssey. you guys. Unfortunately, Odyssey, it's not Odyssey, Odyssey. It's, it's, it's StreamYard. It's our broadcasting platform. doesn't allow us to pop the comments up, but um, I'm watching them. So... I will be your first. It's not like doesn't allow. I don't, you make it you make it sound like it's, it's, no, it's fault. They haven't figured it out yet. They just haven't coded it in because it's Streamyard new. StreamYard doesn't no, well they, they have agreements new. with certain platforms and Odyssey's just not one of them yet. That doesn't mean it's not but they've got it they've got enough that we can stream to because, Odyssey. Well that's because with the magic of 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 feeds, there's uh uh, RSS feed links. It doesn't matter. We can we can stream. Odyssey is set up so you can stream through anything, Zoom or streaming. So wait, are we not actually streaming? When we stream to Odyssey, is it not like directly to Odyssey? Is it ported in from another? Like, ported in from Streamyard, like it is for all of our platforms. But it, no, then it's direct. So it's like it's not like direct. it's not like Streamyard to YouTube, and then Odyssey shows what's on our YouTube. Right, it's still direct it's, streaming. It's, live, it's publishing live Absolutely. on Odyssey. See, that's what I thought, and that's awesome. That's huge. That's a blockchain-based platform that Streamyard is interacting with. So I'm I'm not upset at all. I'm happy to work around this and say, Joey, keep an eye on Odyssey comments and just wave at me when you're like, hey, hey, we got an awesome Odyssey comment. And Joey will just read it on the air. That's, right that's now. Who's watching Tesla's Pigeon is on Odyssey, our good friend Chris. Um, All right. Elizabeth Al Alteros. Sorry if I butchered your name, Liz. Sorry if you don't like to be called Liz, Elizabeth. Um, but yeah, so we've got two people on Odyssey. 
Um, Tesla's Pigeon says StreamYard will probably add Odyssey if you request. And we've requested it and we've been in direct communication with those guys. Just so a matter of time. Fingers crossed. Just a matter of time and logistics, I'm sure. All right. Let's get into the headlines. First, from the Jerusalem Post, of all places, Israeli scientist says COVID-19 could be treated for under $1 a day. Double-blind study shows ivermectin reduces diseases, duration, and infectiousness. FDA and WHO caution against its use. So there's, there's some obvious counter-narratives here and, and just intersecting dynamics that I have to tease apart for a second, right? Because it, whether it's ivermectin or something else, or just vitamin C, or not being a, a fat ass, or not being immunocompromised because you're not taking care of yourself, and and with all the I say that with all the sympathy for people who don't have a choice in that, who don't have uh, control in that. But let's be honest: ninety plus percent of people who find themselves in those categories ate themselves into those categories. So with with this treatment, uh, there there are a handful of other things, and I don't want to pretend that this is right. FDA and WHO caution against its use. Like, oh, yes, we've got to be careful, though. This drug that we know is safe, that we've approved already years ago, that some people are having, like, the, the, the suppression, it, it, and, and I, don't, I don't care enough to weigh in on this because or the specifics of ivermectin versus infused vitamin C versus exercise versus, oh, yeah, what did we used to do for the flu? that reduced its severity anyway, like it, it's not a big deal. Like, oh yeah, do, do that stuff. Uh, but even there you go, the, the answer to that question is so polluted with corruption. Oh, what do we do for the flu? We took an annual vaccine. Fuck, that's not what I meant, <laughs> you know, obviously. But there's this whole category of like, uh, if it's not social distancing or masks and like social control shutdown policies, and it's not a vaccine. It's just completely suppressed. And that should be very disturbing. But I wonder, how long can they suppress this? Uh, Jason Tapa on YouTube. It's all lies in both parties are promoting the poison. We are the change we are waiting for. Thank you. Yeah, and it's, in a way, like, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, part of what we do on the show every day is, okay, so now what? Now what? Now what? I mean, don't get the vaccine. There's a lot of stuff we know to do that we do recommend that is like keeping yourself safe but what is the ultimate answer other than keep being loving and patient and persistent and 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 educate people because for a lot of people it's an it's an education gap they don't realize that the, the headlines of today are always significantly dangerously and painfully off from the truth that is revealed tomorrow and what they're saying, what they've been saying about the vaccines is the only way and distancing and shutdowns and, and you know, never mind these very normal, safe treatments, you know, treated for under a dollar a day. I wonder, is this the limit? But it, I, I'm scared it's not. It's not, oh, well, we got this out. Everybody's cool. We got, yeah, you can't deny this. I mean, if I had COVID. And, and I got some, for some fluke reason, as a, you know, healthy 39-year-old, that, like, I got some bad version of COVID. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking into this. I Fortunately, I haven't had to yet. And I don't bring this to the audience because I don't think that many people have had any kind of significant COVID. Well, wait, wait. 
one of the members in our producers club, and I'm not going to say their name because has right one person has one person. No, their whole family got COVID. Oh, that you know, we have two sisters. So everybody was exposed. This is what they took, and they didn't get. COVID, but the rest of the family did with the same exposure. Yeah. And now it's a sort of anecdotal. I don't want to make too much about that, but what's fucked up is that we that we don't have even the ability now in the censored internet that we live in, the ability to bring those anecdotal stories together in some kind of statistically meaningful way. But we have enough statistical analysis of this drug. We and, and so it is getting out there. But like, what what would you do? Right, like, how would you get this? Excuse me. I, I, apparently, so so you can make it at home. I'm like, mm, I, I bet you that. can ask your doctor but, for it. See, you just got a WebMD, whatever they prescribe that for, and go in with those complaints instead. We all know how to do this, guys. Come on, we all know how to do this. <laughs> we'll go to a Mexican pharmacy. There's that, you know, where they they I mean, they have more medical freedom in Mexico than they do in the United States. So ivermectin. A drug used to fight parasites in third world countries could help reduce the length of infection for people who contract coronavirus for less than $1 a day. According to a recent research uh, study by Shiva Medical Center, Tel Hashomer, Professor Eli Schwartz, founder of the Center for Travel Medicine and Tropical Disease at Shiva, conducted a randomized controlled double-blinded trial from May 15, 2020 through the end of January 2021. That's a long study to evaluate the effectiveness of ivermectin reducing viral shedding among non-hospitalized patients with mild to moderate COVID-19. So ivermectin approved by the US FDA since 1987. The drug's discoverers were awarded the 2015 Nobel Prize in Medicine for its treatment of, on, I'm gonna fuck this up, onchocerciasis, uh, a disease caused by infection with a parasitic roundworm, which remember is not a worm. It's a, a weird m- medical misnomer. Over the years, it has been used for other indications, including scabies, head lice. Moreover, in the last decade, several clinical studies have started to show its antiviral activity against viruses ranging from HIV and the flu to Zika and West Nile. Wow. The drug is also extremely economical. That's why they can't push it. It's cheap. A study published in the peer-reviewed American Journal of Therapeutics showed that the cost of ivermectin for other treatments in Bangladesh is around $0.60 cents to $1.80 for a five-day course. Costs up to $10 a day in Israel. In Schwartz's study, some 89 eligible volunteers over 18 who were diagnosed with coronavirus staying in state-run COVID-19 hotels were divided into two groups. 50% got ivermectin, 50% placebo, uh, given pills for three days in a row, an hour before a meal. Um, so, yeah, they... Nearly 72% of volunteers treated with ivermectin tested negative for the virus by day six. In contrast, only 50% uh, for those who tested for the placebo. So it's not a cure-all, but it's a lot safer than the vaccines. We, we know that it's extremely safe from having used it since 1987. Joey, did you have a I, I comment do. From, um, from Odyssey? Odyssey. Uh, no, Tesla's pigeon, who is Chris Gannon and is listening, is the person who left that story in the producers' yeah. club. Um, he said, "Go ahead and say his name, no problem." He said, "I took the ivermectin after everyone in my family got COVID, and I'm the only person who did not get COVID. Oh, and I'm the only unvaccinated person in my family who didn't get it. Longer study than the poison they are jabbing people with. I wonder why." 
it could just be, and 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 it sucks to say it could be, right? I'm, I have to point this out every time, just out of my own intellectual integrity, to say like we don't know. You know, it could be the vaccine. It could be that you got a that the, the vaccine made your family vulnerable to a variant that the vaccine didn't protect them from. Because I do, I'm not here to. I'm not a vaccine effectiveness denier. The vaccines have some significant meaningful effectiveness against COVID. Like, let's not try to pretend that that's not a thing. But there could be a negative overall immune system effect that makes you then more vulnerable to a variant. And so Chris, by being unvaccinated, just didn't get it. Also, could have nothing to could be the opposite. It could be that the rest of your family, Chris, doesn't care about their health as much as you. Doesn't, and Chris isn't. I've had fast food with Chris. Um, he's not the healthiest eater in the world, but he's 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 of a healthy weight. He's physically active. I don't mean to presume about your family, but if they're so ignorant about their health, they're so careless with their health that they're just like, oh, well, government said get the vaccine. Give me the vaccine. They're probably eating all sorts of crap on a regular. Oh, well, government said it's fine to eat high fructose corn syrup and everything that I eat, so I'm I'm gonna have high fructose. Maybe that. Maybe the vac. Maybe the vaccine actually help them and made them less vulnerable but you being just so much healthier didn't need it at all so like maybe you know chris by being reasonably healthy has 10 percent 10 vulnerability to the virus his family by being unhealthy has 50 percent vulnerability but they took the vaccine so it's really only 40 percent so they're still all four times as likely to get yeah, noticeable covid as chris you know it could have been the ivermectin you know, having a suppressive effect. We don't know. I fucking hate that we don't know. That it, it's fucking embarrassing for humanity that we have these gaps in the knowledge and that we, we we can only fill in certain certainties. And that we can't share our experiences. Like what's it, when you're sick, being able to get online and say, here's what I went through, here's sure. what helped me is so important. All right, so to the next story from ESPN.com. Hometown Hospital cuts ties with Minnesota Vikings Quarterback Kirk Cousins over vaccine comments, the divisiveness, the rifts, the shooting themselves in the foot here. A day after Kirk Cousins doubled down on a stance regarding the COVID-19 vaccine, hospital Cousins partners with his hometown of Holland, Michigan, cut ties with the Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Cousins, who was unvaccinated, was activated off the Vikings COVID-19 reserve list Thursday after missing four practices. He was deemed a close contact after rookie Kellen Mond tested positive for the virus last Saturday. And I'm like, how many false positives are, are, are all these things based on where it's just like, did you not take that into account before hamstringing all of your efforts and just to do anything? Cousins 32 said the size of the Vikings quarterback meeting room was the reason he was considered a close contact and noted he had no symptoms and six negative tests since he was last in contact with Mon. But, oh, missed four practices, sure. The veteran QB said the position group has since moved rooms to a larger space inside TCO Performance Center. And he vows to follow the protocols in order to keep himself from reappearing on the COVID-19 reserve list. But when asked whether he would get vaccinated, Cousins declared his vaccination decision a very private health matter for me, and I'm going to keep it as such. Just for that, Holland Hospital issued a statement via local radio station 
WHTC AM 1450 upon severing ties with Cousins, who had partnered with the hospital sports medicine program since 2017. Quote, as the trusted healthcare leader along the lakeshore, we are committed to providing accurate, timely health information and guidance based on guidelines from the CDC and medical experts. While we acknowledge that each person is entitled to their own viewpoints, those who speak on our behalf must support messages that align with the hospital's position on matters of vital importance to individual and community health. For this reason, Holland Hospital will discontinue using Kirk Cousins as our spokesperson for now. We are proud of our association with Kirk. He embodies many values we respect and share as part of our work culture. However, we must be certain that our communications about COVID vaccination are consistent and unequivocal. Yeah. It is important that Holland Hospital maintain the trusted reputation we have earned for providing consistent, truthful information and evidence-based healthcare guidance. I'm excited about this because this rift provides opportunity. How many? I don't. I mean, I barely know who Kirk Cousins is. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a football fan, but I know that most Vikings fans see Kirk Cousins questioning medical orthodoxy of the COVID mythology and getting shut out for it, punished, disowned. And they're going to go, I think we're taking his side. There's a certain, and you know, I, I've been thinking about this with the Olympics and like there's all sorts of dumb stories like the Brazil soccer team that just won the gold is getting criticized by the Brazil Olympic Committee for not wearing the exact official uniform in line with their contracts. And it's like, you're going to criticize them for what they're wearing after having just won the gold, and it's not like they, they none of them are naked. It's like they walked up to the podium with their dicks hanging out. You go, yeah, we'll let you get the gold medal, but we're gonna, you know, wag a finger at you later. No, it's for not wearing like the official corporatized uniform of the Brazilian soccer team. And I'm like, the, I, and I, I think about old people watching the Olympics and and the demographic of the consumers of the bullshit and the commercialism around the Olympics and the, the children of, of, of parents who, who use the Olympics to suck them in and they want a sterilized, sanitized and, and therefore sick and decrepit version of sports. The, the, I mean, all that Colin Kaepernick did at first was take a fucking knee and people lost their shit. Don't they let you like murder and sexually assault people and still play in the NFL? But that's you can't okay. Take a but knee don't or not get a shot. The orthodoxy of the establishment. Don't make people think. And so I hope that Kirk Cousins is, like realizes something. I, I hope this inspires him to go further. The Associated Press to shake hands or not an age-old human gesture. Now in limbo as oh the pandemic took hold, the Kansas City area meeting and event planning business began hawking I shake hands stickers to help ease awkward social encounters. We didn't want the stickers to say, we don't shake hands because that is kind of off-putting, said John DeLeon, vice president of operations and sales at MPI events, adding that the idea was that anti-shakers could simply choose 
not to wear one of the stickers, but if someone had the sticker on in that group, then that was the indication that it was okay. Now as workers return to the office, friends reunite, and more church services shift from Zoom to in-person, this exact question is befuddling growing numbers of people to shake or not to shake. The handshake has been around for centuries. A widely held belief that it originated to prove to someone that a person was offering peace and not holding a hidden weapon. But hands can be germy, coated with fecal matter and E. coli. Oh my God. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, cautioned last year, I don't think we should ever shake hands ever again, to be honest with you. Now, I'm, I'm actually a little torn on this. I'm like, can we do fist bumps and hugs instead? A hug is... If what they're getting at is you should never make contact with another human being again. That's where this is going. That's the slope that the, yeah, the, 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 I this know. ball is rolling down. I know, but I but even before this, no, no, Obama. Remember Obama and, and Michelle Obama started recommending, and it was kind of out of the blue. It wasn't like during a pandemic or anything. It was you should fist bump instead of shake hands. And I I'm actually for this. Like I think a, a hug is more intimate and less germy. Totally. Then shaking hands. Curious when to shake or not to shake. Sounds like he's peeing. <laughs> oh, shake for shake. sure. Shake. Uh, yeah. shake. <laughs> On the other side is Dr. Amesh Adalja, an infectious disease specialist at Johns Hopkins. He thinks the whole shaking controversy is overblown. The solution, he says, is simple. If you're worried about COVID, the best way to make handshakes safe is to be fully vaccinated. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I'm just as worried about like colds and flus and you know, other dumb shit. And for any other things that might be on people's hands, just wash your hands before you touch your face. That is what hand sanitizer is for. And Why see, like that, I'm full of But I'm, I'm, I'm alone at home. I'm allowed to stroke my beard and feel smart. Um, but no, I do this. So like, Wait, it's a cultural thing, though. The handshake? Sure. Working, working in dealerships in Northern Virginia in the melting pot of America, it was uh, a lot, a lot of Arabs specifically and i think it was because i was a woman you'd reach out to shake their hand and they'd they'd look at you like you were literally like farting in their face or something crazy it, it was offensive to them uh, same thing with holding doors uh, and it, it's it's a cultural thing not to shake hands already not here in america but it makes me wonder what that's from if if it's from some fear of not wanting to touch i think i think for the the uh the strict Muslims, it's because I'm a woman and I'm beneath and I'm not supposed to be doing business with them. Well, no, it's but, not. No, hold on, hold on. There's a sensitivity and respect in that. As in, I'm a man. I'm not supposed to touch a strange woman. That's a barrier. It's not a okay. denigrate. There are other elements. There are plenty of things in Arab culture that are, are, are okay. derogatory towards women. Well, but I think the average... Was, well, no, no, it's based on a lot of that. It's based on a lot of the misogyny and sexism of, of of the Arab culture. But the actual handshaking is not. Oh my God, it's disgusting. It's like, it's like if you whip. If, it's like if you bared your tits and we're like, hey, you want to grab them? You know, like That's most American men would be like, have. whoa. Right. They just have that sexual That's intimacy, cross gender sensitivity. Yeah. For the average Muslim man living in Virginia. They're not assholes. They just no. they're they're extra cautious. I, I think that's more of a mode. Doesn't that explain? Well, you got to be out there too because they're getting chased down by the cops out there. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's like it's not no, no. It's like if you're brown or like skin, black no men what. in the south in the in certain yeah. times or black anywhere in times of 
yeah. greater racism of a black man looking at a white woman. You know, and and I think it's more that for those guys. That's fair. That's fair. But it's cultural, the handshake thing. And I hope we don't lose it. I like I like the good old American handshake. But then you have to wash your hands. See, I don't I like wash that. my hands anyway. I'm I'm pretty sensitive to that. Like I, I like to wash, wash my hands, hands a lot. Anyway. But and if I can't wash them, I have baby wipes all the time so I can wipe them down. Right? I'd rather do all hugs and no handshakes though. Well, then you've got that again. Like, so now you're hugging somebody, like, so now what? A man coming up to another woman and hugging them, like that's going to cause some issues in some relationships, right? Let's get over that shit. I would love to get over that. It's shit. smarter. I'm not gonna get over I, shit. I, I'm okay with like, and I do more fist bumps than handshakes because it's sort of more casual. Like, there's a formality of a handshake. I think this is a good evolution, though. Uh, but I'm not against the touching and the intimacy. I'm just like, let's do it in a smart way. Let's get more intimacy. There's an intimacy of shaking hands, of like you're both pressing against each other that a fist bump doesn't have. But I think more strangers on the street in casual interaction, a handshake is is sort of suspicious, like you're going to grab me. But a fist bump yeah. is really noncommittal. It's friendly. It's casual. And a hug it's like it doesn't it's it's way more intimate than a handshake you're holding you know it's that same the grasping but there's some the, the surface of your hands they're kind of gross for the most part uh, totally like sorry they're already gross you know and, and i have a good sense for myself of germophobia but as a cultural practice if i'm like at a i think political events Right, like when I'm campaigning, or if I'm at a political event, it's it's a handshake room. You're more you're aware, and yeah, you're not but other people your aren't. Face yeah, but not. other people now. Now I'm being a conduit, right? Whereas if I was hugging and fist bump, like so, say there are people who are who are not regular politicos or just sort of antisocial, and they just don't do a lot of handshake rooms. They come in, and then they they pick their face or they they're touching, and then I give them something from someone else, and I don't get anything because I'm going shaking hands. And I wash my hands before I sit down and eat and touch my face or whatever. But what you're eating, you're shaking hands and then sitting down to eat. That's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. Like, I, gross. So, so okay, see, like Joey, see now, now you're like, I'm convincing you against the handshake. But Jim's Jim's on board. Jim Jim says on Twitch, I should dirty bastard. Yeah. Was I, yeah. So like I'm not that sensitive or paranoid about it. Part of it is like jump in. So here's here's the other thing about this, right? Remember, Joey, we were talking this weekend, just kind of geeking out on, you know, <laughs> he washes before he eats. It's okay. It's okay. <sighs> but the, we we are products of nature, you know. You you take a human being and say, well, let's have let's let's protect them from all viruses. Let's protect them from all bacteria. You you're gonna die. Like you're you're gonna you need you have that exposure. That you totally. need you need a certain amount of healthy balance in that and that's that's it's a weird thing for the human mind in the modern era to really integrate in our daily practices and worldview because we want perfection we want sterility we want a black background and a white dress shirt you know we we want that perfect diet we want our food perfectly clean but it's like no you don't you want 
to live in a dirty world. You want to eat dirty food. You want to shake hands and be exposed to other people's germs. Like that leads to a better, healthier life overall. And I'm not trying to prescribe any specifics there, but some balance in that. That's my point. And it's again, think for yourself, figure out what works for you. But when I go and shake hands, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, more from like touching stuff outside. I'm a dork about this. Like I wear gloves a lot, you know, um, I guess now it would be cool at a party to handshake with gloves on. No one would think that's no, you're one of those cool idiots. I don't think that's like not cool. Is that why Michael Jackson wore his glove? Is that what that was really? About? Yeah, right. His own germophobia. Michael Jackson doesn't have to shake anybody's hands. He doesn't. He never did. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm like, all right. I. I mean, I'm. I don't want to be too silly about it because it's not that big a deal. But like, yeah, wash your hands. Be conscientious of it. But I, I want to get like a free hugs. I want to remember if we think if we this is going to last a while, we need to get ma medically exempt mask buttons. Oh. Like we should start doing that. Like, I like maybe that just better. custom make one even or print one out to that. make it look official. Uh, 1054. I've read that the handshake originally by grasping the wrists to ensure no hidden weapons. A weird irony of true. Huh. And see that actually. I, I, I buy that. I, well, no, no, that's that's what it says. But it was. I mean, there are different versions of the, you know, interpretations of the history, but I don't really care. But the the Mountaineer's handshake, the the hand-to-wrist handshake, you know, this, right? That's also a lot more sanitary. Totally. And in a way, slightly more intimate than 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 hand-to-hand -hand because, because you're at least, you know, you're six inches closer yeah. in that sense. But that... I don't know. Is there, is there a reason not to do that? It, I mean, other than it kind of looks weird because we don't see it often. Not there's no reason not. See, this is a weird thing about. But, the, but then the, again, the, okay. The, so the if, if somebody came to me and all of a sudden like grab my, I would be like, "What are you doing? Like, are you trying to take me right now?" I mean, that would be my. But initial... what if it became a thing among libertarians? You were a libertarian party, event, it was like, and we started, or, or there was a sign at the door. Like what if what if you came to some kind of weird networking event or a libertarian party event? but I repeat myself. And there was a sign at the door that said, hey, we are avoiding hand-to-hand -hand handshakes. We encourage fist bumps, mountaineer handshakes, and hugs. You'd be like, okay. All right, let's try that. It wouldn't be weird. I right? People hug a lot at libertarian events. That's true. Anyways. All right, next. Associated Press. Pandemic set off deadly rise in speeding that hasn't stopped. Anyway, I want two buttons. I want a free hugs button on one side. I want a mask exempt on the other side. Motorists put the pedal to the metal during the pandemic, and police are worried as roads get busy for the final stretch of summer travel. And th this is a, a really interesting phenomena. And it, it, it started with the shutdowns leading to a massive reduction in traffic overall and roads being empty. And so there, there, you know, is this, there's time like in New York city, supercars like Ferraris and Lamborghinis blaze down empty streets with roaring engines, disturbing residents trying to sleep. Wait, people in New York city try to sleep without white noise. That's the thing. Anyway, uh, they talk about the uh, cannonball run, the 2,806 mile trip that uh, new records were set on over this time because there was less traffic on the roads. But there's something else to this, and it's not huge, 
Traffic destination wide in 2020 grew about 7.2% to 38,680, even though there was a 13.2% reduction in the number of miles traveled. Deadliest year on highway since 2007. So think about it. Remember, 2020, March, shutdowns, lockdowns, forced unemployment crisis hits. Uh, there's a 13.2% reduction in number of miles traveled over the course of that whole year. And a lot of that, remember, miles traveled is going to be consistent with service vehicles, with deliveries, with long-haul trucking, and this the mm-hmm. overall you know consumer uh, just rates staying the same or going up as people stay home, buy more shit, have more shit delivered, UPS trucks, deliveries, all that stuff going up. So the reduction in miles traveled represents an even greater disproportionate amount of sort of individuals not traveling for work traveling, right? Or not traveling for a an, an economic function like commutes, personal travel down even more. And yet, fatalities up 7.2%. So uh, one uh, transportation expert, Joseph Schweiderman uh, DePaul University said it is a combination of factors like lack of enforcement uh, and then people join them going with the flow. Uh, and at the same time, motorists feel safer speeding than before because they're putting too much faith in modern safety features. Uh, but they say this is this is a new culture and there's no silver bullet for reversing the trend. Um, I think this is gonna, basically going to be with us until uh, self-driving cars and things like that. But interesting, just, hey, step back. Here's a quirk of the pandemic texture. Now to Mediaite for some encouragement from uh, Rand Paul. We have Mike Freeman weighing yeah. in on YouTube as a trucker. As Mr. Dave Moore during all this BS, it's been great. Yeah. <laughs> the trucker's point of view, man, it's got yeah. to be a lot safer for them. People don't drive smart around big trucks, if, if you notice. On the so there's a lot less traffic on the highways. A lot less yeah. traffic, and it's safer for the truckers, yeah. That's cool. So, mediaite.com, they can't arrest all of us. Nice reminder. Rand Paul implores defiance of COVID mandates from petty tyrants and Wild rant. Of course, it was wild. Senator Rand Paul has gone for across the board defiance of future COVID-19 mitigation measures implemented by the CDC, including mask mandates and any potential lockdowns. Interesting biased phrasing there. Defiance of future COVID-19 mitigation measures implemented by the CDC. In a wild rant posted to Twitter Sunday, the Kentucky Senator speaking direct to camera before a dark blue backdrop railed against the petty tyrants and bureaucrats implementing new mandates. As he said, quote, it's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. And and it's, that's, that's a, this is, again, a, a turning point. If Rand Paul is saying this is the time to do this, uh, I, I hope more join him in, in joining us and saying it's been time to resist this from the beginning. But the fact that Rand Paul, uh, think of him as a weather vane, right, as an indicator of his base. If his base is ready to hear this, he's, he's like, just think he's primarily concerned with right? He thinks this is the best way for him to get reelected. That means the tide has turned. 
But this indicator turning means that there's going to be even more of it. And he's actually advocating, not just saying, well, it's okay if you resist, or I support those at, you know, doing their thing. He's saying like, no, it's time to resist this. I think he's setting himself up again. He's, he wants to run for president again. And, and overall, probably, you know, good motives, right? On that for Rand Paul to run for president. I support him run for president again. I think he should. I think he should have a better effort than last time. I think he should raise more money and have more of a voice. And if this sets him up for that, then good for him. And that means this is a great sign for America and for the world. And as a turning point, that there is a critical mass of people saying, yes, it's not enough to just not get the vaccine. You have to actually actively resist. Well, it's about time. Also from the Associated Press, we get to some economic fallout that must be included in our COVID block. U.S. job openings at a record 10.1 million in June. Lots of people hiring. Lots of people staying home. U.S. employers posted a record 10.1 million job openings in June. Another sign the job market and economy are bouncing back briskly from last year's coronavirus shutdowns. Oh, good job, Mr. Biden. Good job. Good job. Job, job openings rose from 9.5 million in May. The Labor Department reported Monday employers hired 6.7 million workers in June. The gap between openings and hiring suggests that firms are scrambling to find workers. A record low 1.3 million people were laid off or fired in June. And, of course, they can man manipulate this with the unemployment numbers and say unemployment is relatively low because there were less people looking for employment. And I think one of the understated things that people are afraid to kind of acknowledge that's in the back of a lot of potential job seekers' heads is, well, why would I go through all this bullshit and hassle of getting a job if I'm just going to get locked down and shut down and and kicked out of this job anyway in another month with the next variant. This is the toll of the uncertainty that they don't want us to be able to account for. But here, you can account for it with this. From the Wall Street Journal, as wildfires burn, U.S. can't find enough fucking firefighters. Wall Street Journal did not have fucking in a headline, in case you were wondering. Low pay and a booming economy leave U.S. Forest Service struggling to hire the personnel it needs in a dangerous fire season. And they're not the only ones. So next, this story from The Hill is the one I teased earlier. As the pandemic put property rights in the crosshairs, this is from Eric J. Prince, not that Eric Prince, different Eric Prince. Opinion contributor, this is Eric with a C-H, on August 3rd, amid pressure from members of the Democratic Party's progressive wing, President Joe Biden announced a new moratorium on evictions after the CDC previous ban expired on July 31. Various commentators promptly weighed in, some voiced concerns about the fact that the president was pushing a policy that he knew to be likely unconstitutional. Others, including National Review's editorial board, drew attention to how this was further indication of the long-standing and undesirable trend of executive agencies legislating in place of Congress, and columnists such as W. James Antle III pointed to this as an example of President Biden's unenviable position of always having to look over his shoulder to appease some of the loudest voices on the progressive left, even if that should come at the cost of moderate governance. Meanwhile, follow up to that from the Western Journal, westernjournal.com. Also commentary by Randy DeSoto, GOP rep Biden could be impeached for comments on constitutionality of eviction 
moratorium. Republican Rep. Chip Roy of Texas rightly stated Friday that President Joe Biden's defiance of a Supreme Court ruling regarding an eviction moratorium is absolutely impeachable. So he, he said the uh, Biden told reporters, quote, the bulk of the constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster. But there are several key scholars who think that it may, and it's worth the effort. But the president, you could not, the court has already ruled on the present eviction moratorium. But at a minimum, by the time it gets litigated, it will probably give some additional time while we're getting that $45 billion out to people who are, in fact, behind in the rent and don't have the money. That's why it was passed in the and in the act, that's him stuttering, not me, that we passed in the beginning of my administration and it went to the states. Yeah. Now, who cares if it's constitutional or not, right? Is, is the billions of dollars being given out constitutional? Is any of this constitutional? It, it doesn't matter because the Constitution is an illegal document to begin with that authorizes so many fundamentally unethical things. We shouldn't be making the argument from is it constitutional or not? But rather, is it right or not? Is it, is it is it right or wrong? Is it ethical or not? Of course, Washington, Biden, most American voters, sadly, don't really care about that distinction, including Barack Obama, who went ahead with his 60th birthday bash. Anyway, yes, this is still we're still doing the COVID block from Daily Mail singers Erica Badu. Is that how you say it? Erica Badu. Please so. And H.E.R. I don't even know who that is. Her. Her? G-R. Oh, that's who that's who covered that that's who covered George Michael's freedom. Oh I can't seem to find this recording. Anyway, but I know they singers Erica Badu and her her, her post video and pictures of Obama letting loose at his scaled back Martha's Vineyard 60th birthday bash attended by up to 400 people. Parties labeled hypocrisy at its finest amid US Delta search. Yeah, because you know, Delta only goes to super spreader events with 401 or more people. If you if you scale back to 400 or less people, COVID's not going to come in your party. All right, I'm going to take some COVID vitamins. That misleading medical advice. Mm. God damn. Hundreds of guests attended Barack Obama's 60th birthday celebration Saturday night. Former President was caught on video dancing, maskless, in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. Um, maskless. The funny thing is, there was a ban on pictures and videos, and a bunch of people defied the ban and posted stuff, and then deleted it when they were like, "Oh, we got caught!" But they knew it was out there. So, two DJs also managed to share pictures of the Martha Vineyard setup despite a ban on pictures and video. Secret Service had a no-fly zone over the twelve million dollar mansion, and it wasn't enough. Oh, are we losing audio now? We're speakerphone. Oh no! At least, yeah. At least we got it out of the way before we got to our guest. Ah, who is backstage and ready? All right, she is with us. Because I'm back online. Let's see. Um, yeah. I wonder if our new phones are going to be overheaters too. Oh, I hope. So there's there's a performance by Alicia Keys saying "Happy Birthday." And uh, John Lennon performed as well. Leaving on the other one. Whoa! Whoa! Sorry, <laughs> we're we're playing flippy floppy with new with uh, camera feeds here. So uh, sorry about that. You're gonna have to look at my ugly bug for just a few seconds. Here comes Adam. <laughs> this, this is like the, I, I've been on radio. I've been on television. I never thought that like the highest tech version of my production today 
would involve swapping cell phones. Like, oh shit, Verizon's got service now. T-Mobile, we're just overheating. Okay. Real, it's, trying to be alive. And Babylon is crumbling. While well, we get so... <laughs> so we have one other story to wrap up our COVID block. We're just going to skim real quick, but it's worth pointing out. Oh yeah, and audio is good. Um, dear, can you go? Can you? Um, can we plug in now. The solar. The other thing is with all of this, we're also having issues. Oh, and the power cord for this guy. Um, I don't know. Do we need the generator? The sun should be on the panels enough to. Our batteries are fucked. Our batteries are fucked, and I am. I am. Uh, we're gonna have to talk to Jay on Friday. No, we're talking. Hey, speaking of. Teasing ahead to Friday. Our guest for this Friday is Bethany Hill of We Are the 74, the cannabis legalization effort in Mississippi. Very excited to get an update from her. But man, I want more people to buy more solar shit, make it cheaper, faster, more reliable, better quality. Like we're we're on the verge of such incredible capabilities. And I'm still killing my batteries here because other shit's not reliable and i don't have the money to throw it like a giant superfluous system um, but we've been making it work sorry for our guests for delaying on, on for for uh, the delays here thanks for hanging with us wall street journal our last headline in the covid block vaccination status as americans picking sides vaccination status is splitting up groups of close friends and families it could just turn into a really nasty battle and i, I say this uh, to, to strengthen the uh, anti, I don't want to say anti-vax. Oh my God, you can't use that term. People define it because I'm, I'm not, but anti-COVID-vax people, uh, that there, there, is a, there is a significant division here. It's not, you're not the outcasts that the mainstream media wants to portray you as. And I guess we'll just, we'll finish our COVID block by doing my favorite Google search of the day, how many Americans have gotten vaccine and percent of population fully vaccinated in the United States. It's only 50.7%. And you have to subtract from that, the people who are lying and getting in order to get double and triple vaxxed and the over reporting of this. Uh, but if it's about half of Americans, I, I hope those of you who are standing strong on not getting vaccinated, are, are uh, at least getting some strength for that. So we go now to our guests and then we are going, well, no, oh my God, we got we to gotta wrap that, that COVID block. Whew, need my vitamins. What do you do when the world is going crazy and losing their mind? And it's it's only half. Remember, it's only half the world. Half the world is losing their mind. And it, it's not even, I mean, it's not even half. It's really only like 10% of the world is losing their mind with this shit. 1% is somehow actively conspiring to make this worse for everybody to profit themselves. And about half the population is kind of just going along with it. And then half of us, I mean, I hate to admit, to what extent am I going along with it? I don't know. I, I wear a mask at the airport. Does that make me a sucker? 
because I've only I've only been banned on two airlines. I'm not. I've been. I've certainly been resisting for a lot longer than Rand Paul has been advocating for it. But uh, they they can't arrest all of us, but they can ban all of us from flying. They could they could ban. It'd be interesting though. We we make that the point of civil disobedience. Everybody go get banned from flying. Fuck, they're canceling half the flights anyway. It's crazy. Uh, we covered this last week where Spirit Airlines just like 50% of our flights, nah, fuck it, not flying. That's what Babylon crumbling looks like. Strange times. Very strange times. With that, our guest today is Gia Christopher, lifelong activist who is a mom and believes in raising her family with these values, uh, volunteerism, integrity, self-sufficiency for her three kids. And she has dedicated her time and resources serving as an advocate for self-ownership and now is the Northern Area Coordinator for the Libertarian Party. I was there. I was there for that vote at the last California State Convention. Um, And more importantly, she is uh, the chair right now of the Libertarian Party of Placer County. That's that's boots on the ground uh, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and organizing for the Libertarian Party where she's done events like Sacramento Pride Parade, Joe Jorgensen Presidential Rally. Um, she's also a seasteading incident, in, uh, seasteading enthusiast. Like, is that is that where we're going with this? Oh, Fuck yeah. the COVIDians. We're just like, I... I I mean, I, so much to get into here, Gia, like existentially here. Like maybe we're wasting our time podcasting. Maybe we're wasting our t- Do you know how much of the earth is ocean? Like we could just we could just move and be out there and, and be mostly left alone. It'd be like water world, but more high tech. Right. It would be it'd be less scary, I hope, than, than water world. Um Certainly less than it was for Kevin Costner's career, but uh, you do a lot of non uh, nonprofit stuff as well. Uh, Got to give a shout out to your efforts with Children's Tumor Foundation, your own foundation, Neve's gift for parents who have experienced loss of infants. That's that's really tough work that a lot of people don't want to face up to. So um, I I don't know. Uh, you have all sorts of fun stuff in your bio here. I want to make fun of, but. Um, it ends with when when Gia is not out making her mark on society, you'll find her in an apron over a hot stove, cooking up something tasty for hashtag Joe's lunch, sipping from a glass of wine with a baby or a dog on her hip. All American mom, libertarian activist Gia Christopher. Good morning, dear. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Excellent, excellent. I mean, it's uh, as as much as. Things are seem to be going to hell in a weird way. Like I don't want to say I don't want to sensationalize it because going to hell is too far. There's a lot in our international block today. We're gonna like riots that killed hundreds of people in South Africa, barely a blip on the American mainstream media radar. And and here it's like you can still go to the grocery store. The money is still working for now, but it's, now. it's crumbling. Now you're in Placer County. California, I, which I want to make fun of, not only for being spelled wrong, um, but but also like it's it's kind of a gerrymandered county, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a really special place. We're in California, but it's almost like we are in Trump's California. If that makes any sense, 
Um, you can you can drive down the road where I live and see you know multi million dollar homes with Trump flags uh, in the front yard and like is this really California and it is this is uh this is where I live it's it's actually pretty charming it's a nice little area. Well, what's you say it's like Trump's part of California? Explain that. So uh, Placer County, uh, as you can see here, it's uh, it goes from everything from Lake Tahoe down to Roseville. Um, Placer County is kind of unique because we have, it's like a little bedroom community for Sacramento. If you've made any kind of success in your life, you get out of Sacramento and you go to Placer County. So it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty homogenous. I get really excited every time I think I see a black guy, but it turns out to just be another Indian guy on a bike. But... <laughs> <laughs> wait wait this is california don't you have like diversity mandates and quotas and stuff no not out here i mean i'd really like to get more of a of a diverse population out here but it's just it's too expensive and uh i mean honestly it's the suburbs too which also drives me nuts sometimes is that you know it's like i it's beautiful tree-lined streets. It's gorgeous houses, manicured lawns, but it's boring. Yeah. Well, the, the, feel that. there's got to be some interesting split between Governor Newsom and the population of Placer County in general and, and sort of standing out, like I imagine pockets like Orange County would as the the, the, cons the conservative pockets in liberal California. And there are more than people generally know, but how how is that related to the, uh, what's well, our producer here? Hold on, Tim weighs in. I lived in Lincoln, worked in Roseville for a year once. You know, yeah, beautiful area. Yeah, I've driven beautiful. through there a lot. It's amazing. Um, is there resistance there? Is there, are, are people protesting? Like what's, what, is there pushback on Newsom okay. right now? So I'll tell you. <clears throat> So at the beginning of lockdown, do you remember that March of last year? No, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Well, the first one, the first series of lockdowns. Oh, yeah. No, that was two weeks schools. ago. Yeah. So when they closed the schools and they closed all the restaurants, hair salons and everything, uh, I told my son, I said, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to protest. We're going to do a little Adam Kokish civil disobedience style. So uh, he was nervous, but he was like, this is the right thing to do. And uh, so I actually, I called Placer County Sheriff's Department and I said, uh, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to be uh, disobeying the lockdown. I'm going to take my son and some signs down to Chick-fil-A and I'm going to uh, protest the lockdown. And I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. And they said, okay, we got your back. We're going to drive around and make sure no one harasses you. Mm. So that was that was pretty cool. I mean, our sheriff's department out here, they're pretty they've sworn in sworn an oath to uphold the constitution and so far they actually have defended the people here where we live. Uh so we've had a really nice uh as far as lockdowns went, ours were pretty relaxed. We were still eating in restaurants the whole time. I never stopped mm. having a libertarian meeting and Placer County the entire time. I would always find a little uh, libertarian-leaning restaurant, and we'd pack it full of people and exercise our constitutional rights as Americans, and it was, it was actually not too bad for us out here. So there's a weird dichotomy in this as well, where 
the civil disobedience is is really relatively low key. Like when when you're confronted, like I got I've I've gotten more pushback from authoritarian airline attendants than I have from cops. Yeah. Or, you, you, you know, like or TSA agents, even, even yeah, TSA, like they'll, speed. like I've gone through TSA checkpoints, no mask, and then got a pat down. And they're like, Hey man, do you mind putting that up while we do the pat down? Okay. You know? <laughs> or, or they're kind of half-assed about it. And I, I, I wonder because the, the, what, what that's in contrast to is the destructiveness of the economic manipulation around this. How is that affecting people in Placer County or, or, or even that, that region of California? Because despite, even if you go, well, we're going to still eat in restaurants. If that restaurant is operating on a, you know, a 10% margin and 25% of their customers are scared away, even though you're not, that restaurant might not be there next week, right? Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, we've lost so many restaurants. We've lost a lot of really cool places and uh, they're probably never going to be in business again. There have been some places, though, here where I live that because they stayed open, they were packed every single night and they could not keep enough people or food uh, to make everyone happy. So uh, it's it's actually been like so there's like this trade off, right? Like if you follow the rules, you're going to lose everything, but you're going to get a six hundred dollar stipend or whatever every month or you break the rules and you just like kill it and crush it and meet all your goals and and take the risk that you might have to actually go to jail. I think they were threatening my, uh, my son Trevor works, works at a, a place called House of Oliver and they were thumbing their nose at the man and uh, they got like ABC threatening to actually take the owner to jail at a certain point because he would not cower in fear. And so, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of everybody who stood up to the man and did the right thing. and. You know, it, it takes some guts. So right now we're on the verge of, uh, so Jim wants, I was trying to refrain from this because I've been saying this like every week since Donald Trump said it last year, they will reopen just with new owners. Yeah, of course. Um, the vaccine right mm -hmm. now seems to be the dividing line. And the prospect of passports is being involved. Well, the passports themselves are being implemented. They are starting yeah, in limited ways around the fringe, but also on large scale in New York City and in some what other What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to get it? Me? No. Like for me, it's easy. I, I, in, in a, so the, for me, getting the vaccine or not, and I say this as someone who is, pro-vaccine in general, anti-COVID vaccine, no shit. And, you know, I, unless you know that you don't ever plan to have kids and you are going to get paid a lot by the system, you are going to be worshipped in Babylon for taking the vaccine and you get some good job where people blow smoke up your butt, okay, maybe get the vaccine. If you've done your research on the vaccine and your health risks, you know, maybe then, okay. Don't do it. But even then, yeah. I would say quit that fucking job because that's if you're going to be the furrier expendable, you know? So for me, I don't have any of those considerations. I would not allow myself to be put in that situation in the first place. And I want to have kids. So I'm not going to take that risk. Um, okay. It's pretty easy for me. 
And in terms of my personal, what am I going to do? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to speak about it. I'm going to be loud about it. I'm, I'm going to advocate for, for a, a thoughtful analysis. that's appropriately, appropriately skeptical of authorities, but it might be that I end up on my, and I, before I take it, I'll, I'll quit traveling. You want me to be isolated on my 10 acres here in the mountains and I got drone delivery for groceries and supplies. All right. I'm not going to get the vaccine if it comes to that, but that's not a long-term answer. That's not the ultimate answer. And I don't think it's ever going to come to that. I'm, I, I highly doubt that. So Gia, like I, I put oh, the question back to coming. you. It's coming. Oh, it's no, totally no, coming. No, 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 no. Oh, it's coming. It's never, no, but it's never going to be. It's never, let what? me rephrase. It's never going to be so bad that Adam Kokesh is going to be isolated on his 10 acres like it's not gonna i'm 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 saying i'm ready to take that position but I, I don't think we're that gonna it's lose not that ever badly. gonna get so bad that you're gonna move on to my seastead all right all right well then that's it i'll move to your seastead no but really okay so only about half of americans have been vaccinated Gia. where do we go with this like where's the split coming where's where's the rift where do we go what, what do we do i don't understand why now we're at a war with unvaccinated people how insane is that yeah. If you have a life-saving medical um, product and it is a great product and people need it, you don't have to convince people. You don't have to bribe them. You don't have to threaten them. You don't have to. I mean, if if this was what my child needed, I would line up for days in the rain and the snow in order to get this vaccine if this was yeah. the thing I needed. So you don't have to uh, do all of these things. Now, if if this thing, this vaccine, is what I think it is, uh, there's no way. I mean, I will fight anybody who tries to come after my kids with this thing. Absolutely not. What I do will. you think it is? What do I'm I think it that. is? Yeah. So I think we'll never really know. I think we'll never really know all the consequences of this thing. So like right now, all we have is anecdotal evidence, right? And anytime somebody with this anecdotal evidence says, well, this is what happened to me, you're called a conspiracy theorist. You know, it's like my mother-in-law had a stroke right after she got her Moderna vaccine. She's so healthy. She's 65 years old, runs four miles a day. She would have totally survived the virus, but now she'll never be able to make a coherent sentence probably for the rest of her life. Wow. You know, what do you do yeah. about that? I mean, I'm kind of pissed about it and try to tell her, mom, the vaccine gave you a blood clot to your brain. Now, uh, she'll probably go get a booster shot, too, because, it's, you know, some people have been conditioned to doing their civic duty, you know, and some people really consider this vaccine as a uh, as a civic duty to protect people who can't get the vaccine. But fuck those people that can't get the vaccine. Right. Fuck them, right? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. So, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I want to be cautious in, you know, conspiracy-type uh, accusations, but at very least, the vaccine is an unnecessary pharmaceutical product with potential side effects that, is unnecessary given the danger of the the virus, the alleged risk of the virus, and it's like they've got us all forgetting that you know it has a ninety nine point whatever survivability, yeah. and 
asymptomatic for most people. And they've, they've, it's almost like they've got us having forgotten that, but where do we go with this? Like, I, I, there are a lot of people like, so there's, there's a protest coming up, you know, I'm, I'm, you're going to be at this right. Nine 11 in yeah, Sacramento. I'll be there for sure. Um, very excited about this. Very excited with the tying with the LP, very excited to be marking the 20th anniversary of nine 11. But is that, that's, that's not, the answer is not like we're going to have this protest and this is going to change things. I look at protests in Europe and I go, shit, America needs to take a lesson from this. Right. Yeah. You know, it is, but they're, they're actually like in France, they are protesting with the objective of defeating the vaccine passport. Like, where's the line that Americans get to draw other than, well, you're going to take it, I'm not going to take it, but all this shit's still going to keep creeping in? You know, eventually, we unvaccinated people will be considered enemies of the state. I mean, I can't see any other way around it. I mean, they're already coming after us, and they're hounding us, and they're having people say, you know, basically, we are killing people. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty aggressive if you, you know, think about like, well, if I don't get vaccinated and risk my personal health to save your grandma, I'm, you know, a real piece of shit. I don't deserve to have the same rights as you. Um, if that's where we are, and I, I think that's where we are, I'm sorry, can you say that again? We're losing your connection yeah. there. Okay, so where are you going to go? Are you ready? So here's the scenario. You're not going to get vaccinated. You refuse to play by all of these uh, new rules, the new normal. You don't want to be a part of it. You become an enemy of the state. Where do you go? Where can you go on this planet that you can be free and start fresh? Where can you go as a refugee, an American refugee? Where can you go? There Virginia. is no land... Yeah, there is no, well, there is no land left on earth that isn't controlled by a um, government monopoly. There is no place left on this earth. So we're going to have to create, we're going to have to create our own islands and the technology exists. I mean, we can desalinate water. We can generate energy from the harvesting, the waves. We, I have, Mm -hmm. I have hydroponics Mm -hmm. in my backyard. I grow all my food. I mean, we have what we need to start again. You know, America was a uh, America was a beautiful experiment a few hundred years ago. What a great experiment this was! And I want to give my children the America that I was promised. Remember when I uh, used to say, "Oh, it's a free country." Well, no, it's not. You know, I want to give my kids a free country. I want to let my kids. Uh, I want to let my kids try and fail. I want to let my kids do all of the things that I was promised as a, I mean, I was the proudest American kid you have ever met. I was in the American Legion. I would do the uh, 4th of July parade. I loved everything that I was told about what it was to be an exceptional American. We had, we were special. And I feel, I feel like I got, uh, you know, this experiment is coming to a close. And now it's time to start again. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I love that answer, and I love your point about the practicality of seasteading. Let's see, David John on Facebook. I want to create my own island too. 
but going to Paraguay to begin. So that's so I I, I want to make your answer a lot more inclusive, right? Because I'm saying no, like here in Gardenia, um, but that it's it's separation, it's political splintering, it's localization. It's that you know if if 50 percent of the country is unvaccinated and goes well, and and maybe if if you take out kids, I understand it could be say maybe it maybe it's 35 percent of the adult population, and in some places. In pockets, that's 90 plus percent. And we go, yeah, we just don't want to be part of that country anymore. We're going to be our own country. And here you know, with with, with Gardenia, it's like a micronations thing. Seasteading is sort of like a floating micronation. But I think there's going to be a bigger push for decentralization. And that gets me to California, the recall, CalExit, the push for California sovereignty. But what, go ahead. Where were you going with that? Okay. So you're in California, you've got this little pocket where you can be free. And I'm actually not doing too bad out here in Placer County, right? But we're still required to pay these taxes to fund wars that we don't agree with, right? So I right. still feel really pissed off that I'm required to fund these uh, atrocious acts against other fellow humans. And the fact that I'm still obligated to pay these taxes, it really pisses me off. So yeah. I'm willing to give up my citizenship and I'm willing to... Uh, not, I mean, if you're going to do it, if you're going to like live by the philosophy that we all say we have this libertarian philosophy, we've read all the books and we want to put it into practice, right? Well, I actually, I want to actually see if my ideas are, are real, you know, like can they say it's a utopia? Oh, libertarian paradise. Oh, it's a utopia. It will never happen. Well, it's never happened. If I succeed creating a place where people can come and be prosperous and they can be happy and they want to live on my island, other governments are going to have to compete for citizens. They're going to have to improve their product. No, well, hold on. They don't have to. If they, they want to keep the money, you can't be a dictator unless you, you have. Well, okay, now you could bomb me, right? That's true. You could come after me and bring democracy, right? You could I'm bring not, yeah, democracy. I'm not, worried, I'm not worried about whether or not ideas of peace and harmony and cooperation and love work or not. Okay, I'm worried on. about Why whether we, they will be allowed uh, to work. You ready for this? Why don't we bomb or invade the Cayman Islands? They don't even have a mil military. Why not? Because they have all of our money. All the, right. all the, all the, all, excuse me. Ours in all of the sponsors of our political system. Because they offer goods and services and they do trade and they are a friend through trade, right? They have, they have, it, but they have a detente that makes them an element of the system, not a threat to it. We're talking about seceding, providing crypto financial services as an alternative in an alternative economic system that is directly a threat. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you could, you could kill every single they'll person on us. my island. I mean, they'll, you could. They'll, I mean, they'll, 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 there has to be. I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to just, you know, be a contrarian here or devil's advocate. Um, but tactically, I, what I'm suggesting is that there needs to be a more concern. There needs, there need to, there needs to. Okay, so like I'm seceding at some point here on my 10 acres. That's my plan, right? And, you know, am I going to get Waco to Ruby Ridged? You know, if it's, if it's just me, yeah, but not if there's thousands of us doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Well, if you think you can fix land, I want you to. I don't think I can fix land. And I'm not willing to sacrifice my son's lives for this, you know, dirt under my feet. Yeah, well, I, I so about that, you, you live in California. That's some some rich and yet very poisoned dirt you're standing on. Uh, and I mean that both literally and figuratively, I guess, uh, that whereas, you know, I, I live in the mountains in Arizona, you know, there, there's a lot less of a threat of, of control here. The proposition of seceding is a lot easier, but I, I, before we get back to this bigger picture, can you comment specifically on what's going on in California? We have libertarian, uh, elected supervisor, Riverside County, Jeff Hewitt running in the recall election. We have some yeah. very exciting libertarian friendly type candidates who I'm, mm -hmm. I'm also tempted to support. At least I'm, I'm supporting sort of spiritually and, and, and nominally in running. Um, Nicholas Wildstar uh, running as Kevin a Republican. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, Louis Marinelli running as the Calexit Congress candidate running on the platform that he would host uh, a referendum on. Uh, or, or I think it's he's making his his campaign itself, his election, a referendum on secession that California uh, would declare itself independent. Uh, Newsom facing some interesting struggles, trying to bribe the people. You're going to get another stimulus check from oh, the state works. government. Yeah. It, it works. Yeah. It's effective. That's how you be a tyrant, right? Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen with this? Okay. So I've got money. I've got real money on the uh, recall. <laughs> I think I bought in at 17 cents, and now it's at four, <laughs> almost 40 cents. So I probably made 50 bucks. Uh, no. Nice. There's no way. They've already rigged the system. Uh, they're going to do the mail-in ballots. They're going to send ballots to people uh, that didn't, that probably don't even exist. I mean, it's so. I mean, wait, I can wait, well, well, come on, Gia. It's this is California. Do you really expect people to vote in person <laughs> during a pandemic? Oh no. Yeah, I don't know, man. So you think, it, you think it's going to be rigged to keep Newsom in office? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm going to pull my money out right at the end and make a couple of bucks. But, you know, I want nothing more than to see that guy, uh, you know, feel the, so here's one thing that's really interesting. So there used to be a governor's mansion and it used to be in the center of the Capitol. And if you had a problem with your governor, you used to be able to go to his house and scream at him until all hours of the night. So he could actually, he would have to be forced to hear the cries of the people. And he would adjust his policies usually because he was forced to listen to the complaining and the opposition. Well, Gavin Newsom, he's so far removed. He doesn't have to hear from us. He is in a gated community inside of a gated community. He never <laughs> has to hear the cries of the people. And I think that the governor, whoever is the governor should have to live in the city where you could walk up to his house and scream what a butthole he's being. And he'd have to hear you at all hours of the night. And maybe then he wouldn't think that he could just do whatever he wants. And he has been doing. I mean, can you believe that we live in a state now where it's three years and little kindergartners have to wear masks all day? Like, is that is that like I, I feel like I just, you know, if I woke up out of a coma from three years ago and I saw where how we were living, I'd probably kill myself. <laughs> this this is like a nightmare. 
It's a good thing we're just frogs in boiling water, right? That's Instead right. Of frogs getting squished by sledgehammers. Um, wow. Is it is it really that bad? I mean, it, it's yeah, it's really. I think it's important bad. to take perspective with Adam versus the man that we step back, that we not just cover, you know, the the twenty four hour news cycle. Be afraid of this bullshit, but it's really that bad. It really you know, is that bad. You have nieces and nephews. I know you don't have kids, but you want kids, right? But you right. know kids. You know kids. You've, you've got kids in your one. life that you love. You used to be one. Uh, can you imagine how we have no, so, you know, we have these like, oh, we're saving people's health from this COVID. Do, do we have any clue the psychological damage that we're causing to these little kids, basically telling them your breath right. is murderous? You are a vector for disease. All of your friends could potentially kill your grandma. You have to keep covered. You're dangerous. You're a virus. You never know if you even have the virus. You could have it right now and no one would know. And you could kill somebody. You need to cover your mouth. How psychologically damaging is that to these kids? We'll have no idea. But I'll tell you this. We are going to be looking at generational mental illness from this. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it was one of the easiest predictions from the beginning here that the cure is going to be worse than the disease when we add it all up. Uh, yeah. Carrie Espinosa on YouTube, this is 1984. They told us it was coming in the book. Well, Gia, that, that leads me to, I mean, I, I, I know you share my general optimism and activism and, and, and human progress, yeah. and there are some scary possibilities raised excuse me, by, by the situation that we're in now. Um, could the vaccine be a secret plan to, you know, make everybody sterile and have, you know, mass population control over a generation or two? Could it be, uh, you know, that there's, there's some other plan for really locking down society that we are, uh, you know, reversing the historical trends, which are positive overall, even if you want to you know, look at the last hundred years under the Federal Reserve System is a mass negative of concentration of wealth and power. Humanity has progressed to a less violent world. The police state is less brutal than ever before. Even today, we look at the, the as, as bad as its effects are, it's not because police are more brutal or less accountable. It's that the policy has shifted in a very scary way. So, Have you read Peter Diamandis's book, Abundance? No. Oh, it's great. It's everything you just said. No, it, it, life is actually a lot better than it ever was. And we have, right. we never starve. We have technology. We have life-saving medicine. We are clean. We have sanitation. We have everything we've, you know, our ancestors would be so impressed. And exactly. My great-grandmother great would look at me and say, oh my gosh, you're so fat. You must be rich. So yeah, if you if you went back in time, thirty years, you might commit suicide because you don't have a freaking smartphone to bury your face in all day long, right? You know, that's what the yeah. average American would feel. Uh, yeah. But if it, it, this step backwards of control that is COVID, uh, mm -hmm. you see it leading to decentralization, and I and I hope it's certainly an accelerant in that because. I I think that's that's a positive development. If it's accelerating that, that's good. Gary Espinoza, 
on YouTube. Who would have thought the whole world would be locked down for a year, 10 years ago? Well, it's not even that. They want you to think it's locked down. The whole world's not locked down. Empty matter. I like the idea. I heard there's another lockdown that Walmart and Costco closed down and only small shops should open, but in the bigger picture, no lockdown. See, like, yeah, you can po- keep poking holes in, in the hypocrisy. Um, but how, how do we come out of this with positive momentum? How, how do we, how do we parlay this somehow to, into a teachable moment? Don't let them socially condition you. Don't let them socially condition your children. You have to disobey. You have to resist. I mean, look at us. We put our masks on in the airport and then we get crammed into little chairs next to strangers, but we're wearing this piece of fabric over our mouth. That's ridiculous. If the virus is real, then we wouldn't be doing that. Like, I mean, like the virus is real. I just recovered from it. And honestly, there's so many mm. silver linings to having that virus. I lost 10 pounds. I mean, I wish yeah. I could do COVID maybe. I wish I could do COVID maybe every couple of months. You know, I feel like that would help me. Uh... <laughs> the COVID diet plan. <laughs> well, you know what the secret to my weight loss was? It's an ancient Chinese diet secret. And it, you know what? It worked. I lost 10 pounds. I feel great. <laughs> Congratulations. Well. I'm I'm really glad that you're in this and that you're active in in, in promoting seasteading and and decentralization and localization. Um and I'm I'm happy to keep working alongside you in the trenches. I I just hope we, we come to a breaking point soon. The future is bright. The future is really bright and I can see it. Like if we you know for the future is not for a lot of people are going to be suffering for a long time. Um, and that's in public schools having to deal with this shit three years later and they have to keep a mask on their four-year-old it's really cruel uh that makes me really sad um my kids however um we don't participate and like we have our own we're in our own planet out here Uh, my kids actually go to a libertarian uh entrepreneurial school Mm. Uh, we never locked down. We've never worn masks. We've never put up plexiglass. We've, we let the kids decide the rules of their environment and they decided that they don't want to participate. And, uh, our kids are thriving and I'm really proud of us here in Placer County. We are, we're risking, I mean, it's like, it's easy to submit. It's easy. That's easy. Fighting the, fighting the man, Adam versus the man. What you're doing, Adam, you inspired me about 10 years ago, actually. Mm. Back, you remember the Bundy, Bundy Ranch thing? Of course. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a lot of your uh, shows 2014. then. And, yeah. And I, I said, you know, we have, and I could see like, there, we're living in an America that is coming to its end. This is, you know, we are actually at the end of the American experiment. We're going to have to destroy it and build again. And it's, you know, it's not going to be pretty. I'm not willing to lose my kids for this. I would, it's I not going to be pretty. Hold on, G. I would, I would challenge you and invite you to use more positive framing to, to ease the transition here because yeah. the American tradition, the, the, the birth of America was the rejection of monarchy, was the, direct, the, the, the 
rejection of arbitrary rule and centralization under empire. It yeah. was a move in decentralization. And to the extent that it, I think it was perverted with the coup of 1789. The experiment was essentially hamstrung since then. But the spirit at the core of it, of standing up to unjust and centralized authority by saying, peace out, we're not going to be part of your racket, and we'll fight if we have to, to not submit to your rule. I think we're not ending that experiment. I think we're taking it to the next level with peaceful decentralization. And I would, I would, I would, primarily, yes. I mean, in a sense, the control itself is already violent. Can we do it peacefully if we protest peacefully and a few people get arrested? Well, it's not peaceful if the government is violently assaulting us and they will continue to. So you can't, but, but it, can it be achieved peacefully on our side? Yes, absolutely. Five years ago, we were having a lot of police brutality, right? And it became apparent to most people that we had a problem with police brutality. And I said, okay, why are we giving local municipal police departments weapons of war? You know, we're giving yeah. them tanks. We're giving them basically retired war equipment. Well, if you give these weapons of war to local police departments, they're going to have to use it. They're going to want to go to war. Who are they going to go to war against? Us. Potheads. Potheads, yes. We need reparations for stoners. California needs to lead the way. Gee, I'm sorry. We got to get to our international block and take a call, I think, before the show ends today. But this has been a lot of fun. And as Mateo has objectively observed, she's purdy. Yes, Gia, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug or any way you want for people to be able to get in touch with you? Seasteading, man. Seasteading. Get the book. Uh, listen to the podcasts. Uh, follow Joe Quirk on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, look into seasteading. Uh, it's it's my whole deal, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be free. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel freedom once in my life. And uh, follow seasteading. Seasteading.org. Awesome. Seasteading.org, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much, Gia. Thanks. Bye. Look forward to seeing you in about a month in Sacramento. All right. We're going to smoke weed and take calls because that's what they want us to do. We we are crowd pleasers. Carrie Espinosa, can we slow down now and have a few normal months or no? The no. murder hornets are back, I believe. So sorry, Carrie. Can't deliver that. Wish we could. I can't believe this is normal now. And and no, to to... To, to chime in on that's obnoxious on Gia's point of the the generational the, the generational damage like you've got all these kids it's magical no, these, magic kids, these kids are walking around school right like in these okay so I I compare it to people who want to entirely too strict public school or private schools. I went to a private school, but we had like a dress code, not a dress, like a, a uniform. But my friends who wore uniforms, like they were, they were different, like on the weekend, right? They, they didn't know how to dress. They were always worried. And they, they like legitimately would be like, is my shirt okay? Like you could tell that there was this fear uh, because they didn't have that individualism, right? So, but with the masks, you've got these kids and they're going to be walking around thinking that this is normal, that it's okay. And then they're going to be preconditioned to to follow those, like as if we aren't in, institutionalizing our kids. It's, it's not like it's a not public the school mask already itself. looks like like a local prison. Like yeah, real, but you know? what Gia said was was I think the the.
key insight is that you're being taught that you are toxic. Yeah. As a kid at a very young age, and you are taught that your friends are toxic and that your toxicity could kill grandma. Like that's that's crazy. Um, how do I call? Can I call Adam on the phone? Please. No, no phone. You get if you're watching this on a smartphone. There it is. Copy and paste the link. If you're in the producers club, scroll up and uh it's in there on Telegram. But first, NBCnews.com, Taliban seizes cities across Afghanistan as U.S. readies final withdrawal. Wait. Again? Again? How many, how many, how many, how many final withdrawals do we get from Afghanistan? As many, uh, as many farewell tours as KISS has done, at least. <laughs> the rapid fall of provincial capitals deals a heavy blow to the crumbling Afghan government forces, which have struggled to contain the group's offensive. So, yes, the American public government is falling and the people of Afghanistan are taking over. And the Americans are using it as the excuse for what? Bombing B-52s. What other? They're, they're, so now it's air support to uh, to support the Afghanistan official government. Excuse me, official puppet government is installed by the Americans. Washington Post at MSN.com. Cuban exile community worries and mobilizes to support loved ones on the island. Amy Linares dials her son's cell phone every day, but he never picks up. She hasn't talked to Nasli Lazaro Dominguez since just before he was arrested in mid-July during huge pro-democracy protests in Cuba. It just rings and rings. I don't expect them to answer anymore, but I want one of them to answer. One of the people who are holding it, but when they do, I will tell them that they are monsters. Hundreds of activists, journalists, and other citizens have been detained since last month's historic demonstrations, which brought thousands onto the streets in the face of increasingly severe blackouts, food shortages, and a spiking coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, right. So uh, the undercovered story of the week that I have to bring you now while we wait for our first caller, Jim, watching the uh, watching the telegram here, moneyweek.com. What's behind the riots that shook South Africa? You know South Africa, you know Africa, right? Africa is that continent over there, and then at the bottom, there's this country called South Africa, and tens of millions of people live there. I should know. Like, I got it. Like, I feel like if I'm going to pretend like I'm the, you know, ignorant American, I should actually have some numbers. In Biden freedom, she said Adam inspired her ten years ago. Me too. My first exposure was when Adam got arrested at the Jefferson Memorial. That totally hyped me up. Oh, thank you. They're inviting freedom. I invite freedom. Was she smoking a joint in that profile picture? Is that what it was? No. Um, population. Like 58.56 million as of 2019. So 60 million population South Africa is a big fucking country. That's a, almost a fifth the size of the United States, right? It's bigger than, bigger than Texas, New York, California, South Africa. 60 million human souls and there were massive riots i I don't even know about this like i i I found the story this morning i was like how have we not been covering this so combination of the pandemic harsh lockdowns and a troubled economic legacy has made the most industrialized nation in africa a tinderbox what will happen next what's happened the worst unrest since the end of apartheid left at least 330 people dead last month and shown a spotlight on the corruption, racial tensions, and vicious political rivalries that plague South Africa, as well as its exceptional entrenched economic inequality in a wave of rioting and looting. About 
40,000 businesses were vandalized with the damage estimated at around 3.4 billion with a B dollars. They mad. Yeah. They are mad. It gets better. Remember some more big numbers? After a week of mounting chaos, order was restored when the government sent 25,000 troops to KwaZulu-Natal province around Durban, the largest port in sub-Saharan Africa, and Guatang province around Johannesburg, the country's commercial hub. The two provinces contribute half of the GDP of Africa's most industrialized nation and almost half its population. What the fuck? I'm reading this in moneyweek.com because I did a Google search for the story and was looking for a good summary. Like, this hasn't been, I, mean, I want to say fuck Drudge Report. We really need to do a better job as a news aggregate. I really want to raise the money to make the freedomline.com like a, a, an alternative to the Drudge Report based on the book, but with a media network built into it and, and a, a headlines block. D. Vincent W. 2008 video on my channel and Adam Smoke spoke at the Capitol in D.C. Wait, there is some nostalgia going on in the comments right now. Loose Girl 08, I found out around the time you did Winter Warrior Project. Uh, that was a while ago. Winter Soldier. Yeah, 2007. Taking it back. So, Money Week. Let's go back Let's go back to South Africa. All right, stop There's a lot. There's right? a lot happening in South Africa. South Africa has long been a Tinder. Oh, think, hold on, just perspective. How many people have died in all Black Lives Matter related protests in the United States? I don't know. Not many. A few dozen? Maybe a few dozen. I think Tops. that's type shooting high. How many died January sixth? We were Handful? still fucking. Are we counting suicide? It was Ashley attack? Babbitt who was shot as a protester. And the cops, right? There was one cop who was beaten, right? One cop who died of a heart attack. A couple protesters had heart attacks. <clears throat> it was like four or five altogether. Yeah, plus then four four suicided cops afterwards. Portland, Seattle, Chaz, Chop, dozen. People died altogether. Kenosha, Wisconsin, three shot, right, by the Kenosha kid. They sent National Guard troops into Portland, and it was a few hundred. And and they were they were snatching people off the street with unmarked vehicles, remember? Yeah, that was shady looking. And people lost their shit. That's the stuff they warned you about in the eighties, but the, but being being pulled off by the people you were supposed to go get help from when that happened to you. South Africa. 330 dead. Terrible. 40,000 businesses destroyed or vandalized. Damaged $3.4 billion, 25,000 troops. American mainstream media. Me. Let's do the shit that manipulates our audiences, not makes them feel like part of the global human family. South Africa has long been a tinderbox with the economic devastation wrought by the pandemic and lockdowns and alcohol ban. Great ideal conditions for a social conflagration. Even so, the violence was unprecedented and all the more depressing given its proximate cause. And the proximate cause was what? The jailing of former president Jacob Zuma for contempt of court and refusing to cooperate with the judicial inquiry into state capture during his presidency with an hour's call for an uprising by Zuma supporters were circulating on social media and a wave of looting had begun. Significantly, the targets were not only shops, banks, and local businesses, but also strategic targets critical to South Africa's food supplies. 
including warehouses, logistics centers, lorries, and highways in KwaZulu-Natal, Zuma's home state and power base. President Cyril Ramaphosa, who ousted Zuma as ANC leader, accuses rivals' allies of instigating and organizing what he called an attempted insurrection. Wow. Is COVID-19 a factor? South Africa was already in recession when the pandemic hit, and the government imposed one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. The economy contracted by 7% last year. Unemployment hit a record 32.6%. In the first quarter of 2021, two-thirds of young people are unemployed. Three in five live in poverty. And their standard of poverty is different than ours. Carrie Espinosa writes, looks like Seattle. Interesting comparison. COVID-19 has certainly made things worse. Most of Seattle is a beautiful, high-tech, like really bougie city. It's just that there's some, there's Chaz Chop and there's some ghettos and there's some really bad homeless areas. Uh, no, this is South Africa. Next level shit. This is what we're, oh my gosh. This breaks me. COVID-19 has certainly made things worse. Over the past year, almost two-thirds of households reported running out of money to buy food. Almost one in five experienced weekly hunger. Then in May, they, they wouldn't let this happen to the good citizens of the empire here in the United States. Uh, let people through and let's go hungry, would they? Then in May, the government ended COVID-19 relief payments, leaving 6 million people without cash. But while the pandemic helped tip the country into chaos, the causes are much longer term. And, and this, this leads me to be sort of optimistic, right? And that the shakeup of COVID is causing a teachable moment, even where people don't want it. So like this goes back to Nelson Mandela taking the country out of apartheid, helping, uh, you know, so per capita income grew steadily from around 5,500 in 1994 to almost 7,500 in 2007. And those are all in adjusted terms, of course. Between 98 and 2008, GDP grew by a steady 3.5% a year, doubling the size of the black middle class. The government built millions of houses, invested in infrastructure, increased welfare payments to millions of the poor. So economic boom, but managed by government, right? The, the story goes on. There's a but. But since 2008, GDP per capita has been static and now fallen back to the level of the mid-2000s. First, Global financial crisis of 2008 destroyed demand for mineral deposits at the center of their economy, wiped out about half of the roughly 2 million new jobs created in the previous four years. And then political leadership rotted as the ANC morphed under Mbeki and then Zuma from liberation movement they, uh, into the increasingly corrupt ruling party of a de facto one-party state. According to Ramaphosa, some $34 billion of state funds went missing under Zuma. By some accounts, the ANC's fiefdoms are akin to the failed states of Central America, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, where politics and organized crime are two sides of the same coin. What about equality? Or excuse me, what about inequality? Do we have a caller yet? I thought we had someone requesting to call in. We did, and uh, I guess they... All right. We well, we get to talk more about South Africa, and this is important. What about inequality in the aftermath of apartheid? The government left land and other assets largely in the hands of the predominantly white elite. This was the de facto price of a peaceful transition to democracy and access to international funding, but it has left many black South Africans behind and feeling condemned 
to a continued economic, social, and educational apartheid. The lack of investment in a meaningful education system for non-whites under apartheid is a lasting legacy. And rates of stunted growth in children, an indication of malnutrition, have remained stubbornly high since 1994 at about a quarter or more. The effects are felt decades later in poor school results, a life on the margins of the job market and long-term health problems, says Joseph Cotterill of the Financial Times. Is the, equal, is the inequality bad by global standards? Yes. South Africa is one of the world's most unequal countries and has got more unequal over the last 30 years. According to the World Inequality Database, the share of national income taken by the richest 10% has grown from less than 50% in the early 1990s to around 65% now. The share taken by the poorest half of the population has shrunk from over 10% then. Listen to this. Think about this. The share taken by the poorest half, 50% of the population, has shrunk from over 10% then. Well, that's already fucked up, isn't it? To around 5% now. In terms of overall household wealth, it's even worse. Around 10% of South Africans own an estimated 90% of the wealth, with 80% owning nothing at all. Some black people with political connections have gotten rich and inequality is rising among non-whites. But overall, according to government stats from 2019, 64% of black South Africans live in poverty compared with 1% of whites. Zoom is back in court next week for trial on separate corruption charges. South Africans are braced for the verdict. been a long related story from one day ago the washington post in a sudden bout of racial killings a south african suburb sees a dark history repeating itself in phoenix south africa phoenix a suburb of johannesburg 36 years separated the infamous race riots of 1949 and 1985 in this area when people of african and south asian descent pitted against one another at the bottom rungs of the apartheid system, killed each other in a bubbling over of resentment last month. Another 36 years after the last riots, Phoenix and surrounding towns ignited once again. Amid a week-long bout of looting, arson, and clashes that saw at least 342 killed, across two South African provinces, 36 were killed in this patchwork of poor black townships and more developed Indian suburbs that had been coexisting peacefully, though unequally. Most of the dead were black at this time, and most of the suspected killers were Indian, the country's police chief said this week. So there's a whole other dynamic happening here that I think is is, is possibly uh, telling for the United States. Divide the poor, get them fighting among each other. Don't let that turn into major social upheaval. From cron.com, changing subjects here. Pentagon chief under fire for withholding information about deadly Kenya attack. Frustrated lawmakers are pressuring Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin for information about an attack last year in Kenya that killed three Americans, saying it is simply unacceptable for the Pentagon to stone while Congress. A small example, perhaps, of hopefully a higher standard of transparency around the world. Where we are missing it, Times of Israel.com with this headline, six ships in Gulf of Oman lose control days after vessel 
attacked by drones. Reports say Iranian, and we're not talking micro drones that look like flies that we have here in Gardena. Everywhere. Everywhere. No, uh, six ships in Gulf of Oman. Reports say Iranian-backed forces may have seized asphalt. Princess Tanger, British military calls it potential hijack. Yeah. Uh, and this is from six days ago. We're going to be hearing more about this story. At least six ships off the coast of the UAE broadcast warnings Tuesday that they had lost control of their steering under unclear circumstances as British authorities reported a potential hijack was underway in the area. And from cron.com, we might as well end with this story. Legal U.S. marijuana is pouring into Mexico. It's pricey, popular, and has names like Bubba Kush from the Washington Post. Mexico City, the most sought-after marijuana being trafficked across the U.S.-Mexico border is now the weed entering Mexico, not the weed. Leaving it, cannabis sold legally in California, setting south illegally, dominating a booming boutique market across Mexico, where buying and selling the drug is still outlawed. Mexican dealers flaunt their U.S. products, noting them in bold lettering on menus sent to select clients. Importado. That means imported, not, not important. Although it is also importante. Uh, Mateo on YouTube, where do you get your weed, Adam? From GI Mary Jane. <laughs> Oh, from the ground. <laughs> Good point, Jim. How do they not have a single picture of weed in that article? Because a kid could see it, okay? It'd scar them for life. All right, Jim. Uh, give us the producer notes. What's going on? Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. It was fun. I was severely disappointed I didn't get to put... Uh, the pictures of weed up for that last article. I was like, where's the pictures? That doesn't make any sense. T.me forward slash Adam versus man. You can go to that article and make fun of the pic- fact that it doesn't have any weed on it. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man. It's how you can support the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. It's how you can watch life up in Gardenia. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com where all of your donations are theft deductible. The Crypto6.com where Mr. Nobody waits on your letter. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com where you can learn everything you need to do it yourself and go off grid. Peace out, everybody. Joey, any final thoughts? Smoke weed. All right. Past joints. Not, not judgment. judgment. Well, according to Good News Network, on this day in history, August 9th, it was 85 years ago today, track and field star Jesse Owens won his fourth gold medal at the Berlin Olympics. Uh, remember, this was when Hitler was using it to portray a resurgent Nazi Germany, 1936, and he thought that the uh, German Aryan athletes would dominate what he believed to be inferior Africans and Jews. But Jesse Owens later recounted, when I passed the chancellor, remember that was his title at the time, Chancellor Hitler, he arose, waved his hand at me, and I waved back at him. Interesting. Owens was cheered enthusiastically by 110,000 people in Berlin's Olympic Stadium, and later ordinary Germans sought his autograph when they saw the world record holder in the streets. That was on this day in 1936. Also, on this day in 1854, Henry David Thoreau published Walden, which described his experiences living near Walden Pond in Massachusetts. And on this day in 2007, Mauritania 
passed a law criminalizing slavery for the first time. Yes, dear? Is that funny? I'm laughing at Smokey Bear, not slavery. On this day in 1944, Smokey Bear was introduced in an ad campaign for forest fire prevention in the U.S. wearing a ranger hat and saying, only you can prevent forest fires. And I skipped the story, but earlier this week it was revealed that his legacy might have actually been a negative one because it interrupted the natural flow of fires, but it also of, of healthy wildfire uh-huh. cycling, but it also created an undue expectation that you could prevent forest fires or that they should be prevented as opposed to managed and controlled for the health of the forest. So, yeah. Backfire. Government propaganda, even in the form of Smoky Bear backfiring. And on this day in 1173, construction began on the Tower of Pisa before it was leaning. And with that, mwah, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent. Thank you.